Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Finding Your Freedom podcast with me, Madeline. I have a really, really amazing episode for you guys today. Um, but yeah, I guess just a little life updates or updates on life, which I think is the same thing. But yeah, I had a very interesting night last night. Um, a little... <laughs> a little bit tired, but it was a good time. Um, I think I will be leaving Boston soon, which is an update. And then as far as business things, um, yeah, I'm still looking for more coaching clients. So if you're interested, just feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, send me a DM or send me an email and that will all be in the show notes. But yeah, today's episode, I talked to such a dear sister, Tatiana. I just, I feel like we are so connected and I cannot wait to meet up with her and align with her in real life. I just know it will be so magical. So I'm, you know, so excited for that. But in this episode, we we really dive deep into her story and kind of some similarities in my story and, you know, just the things that come up when we go through transitions and kind of all of the fears with that and what it actually feels like and looks like to trust our intuition, to trust our, you know, our divine energy that is moving through us and make the choice that is more in alignment with our higher self and how how that can be and how that has transformed both of our lives. And then we kind of end out talking, you know, all about these amazing modalities that Tatiana offers and more on tapping and what that is. So if you're curious about that, definitely want to listen. But all in all, just such an amazing conversation. (laughs) So healing for me. I'm sorry if you can hear the siren. That's that's what it's like living in Boston. <laughs> but yes, it was so amazing and so healing for both of us. And we really were just in a zone. We were in really just like in a portal <laughs> during our conversation. And just so many things came out on both sides that we had no idea we were going to talk about or say. And it was just such a great and flowing and amazing authentic conversation and just such a reminder of why I started this podcast and just sharing amazing voices and just sharing people, people's light with other people and sharing people that are really aligned with them, their higher selves that are really genuine and kind, amazing people that are doing amazing work in this world and, you know, finding their freedom along the way like Tatiana is. So so excited that she was on the show hopefully events or collaborations to come with her um because she's an amazing an amazing amazing human but i know you guys are all anxious to get to the episode so i'll tell you a little bit more about tatiana and we will you know get into it so tatiana is an embodiment photographer somatic healer and multi-dimensional coach Her mission is to support people as they awaken and align to their divinity. She believes that we are all that we are all the divine embodied in the physical form, and through her offerings, hopes to guide people back to this state of being. Even though we've all experienced different roadblocks on our journeys, she has seen the transformation we can create in our lives by going within. Her hope is to help people build divine and extraordinary lives from the inside out. So, yes, let's get into the episode.
now. So the first question that I ask everyone, because it's a Finding Your Freedom podcast, is what have you been finding your freedom from lately? Um, I love that. First off, I love that this is the name of your podcast because it feels so related to my mission and my service. So I, I love that this is the name of your podcast. Um, where have I been finding this recently? I feel like one of the biggest lessons of the last couple of weeks is everything that you're searching for is within. And I know that we hear that like a million times over again, but I've been really paying attention to what are the things that I desire? And of course, freedom is one of it. And I've been really working on like sourcing that from within before anything else. So like, of course, I find freedom in serving and being in nature and being around community and all these things. But I feel like not only with freedom, but with everything, I'm like, okay, how can I amplify this and tune into this and feel this from within so really using my different practices like tapping and meditating and breath work and like using the different modalities to to yeah really source that from within above all else so I know that's probably a bit of a different answer than you expect but that's yeah that's what feels really alive over the last few weeks <laughs> yeah and that like aligns perfectly because we're gonna kind of dive more into all of those practices but I think I think it's like important to remember that like freedom is like are right on this planet and that it's like within all of us and we you know we don't have to go get a crystal or go get this thing to access that always like it just it is within us and we don't need to source power from like other things or other people to get that freedom oh my gosh yeah exactly I remember the first time I heard someone say freedom is a frequency and I was like whoa and I actually heard it in the beginning of the COVID period and I feel like because of what I experienced over the last year, I was basically in like complete isolation. I can literally count how many times I saw friends, saw community. And so it was an extremely inward looking year. And through that, I realized, yeah, everything comes from within. Like, of course, I find freedom when I travel and when I'm doing adrenaline sports and on adventures and all these things. But like, mm -mm, I, I can't rely on those like things always I gotta find it within first so yeah exactly what you said <laughs> yeah a hundred percent and like I feel like whenever I say things like that like the power within yourself I always just like want to do the caveat of like you know if you're in an abusive or toxic situation then you probably are struggling to find the freedom within and like yeah you probably won't feel good in those situations and you know maybe some part of your inner freedom is what helps you get out and it's also like important to recognize when situations aren't serving you and like align your life the outside life to allow you to be more free too oh my gosh yes like we have to have that masculine container and masculine structure for us to be able to feel safe to find those things right and we forget that like our life oftentimes is that structure structure and is that container. So if your life isn't, you know, allowing you feel safe to feel safe and comfortable enough to dive into those parts, then like that's step one. Before you find your freedom is find that structure in your life to be able to do that work, like you said. <laughs> yes. Yes, like part of your freedom can be getting out of a bad environment. Like that can be part of it too. And then learning to have it within yourself. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I'd love, I'm always so curious by people's stories and how they kind of get into spirituality and how this kind of like spiritual awakening process kind of happened. So I'd love to hear like, what did that look for you? Like, have you always been spiritual or did, was there like a big kind of awakening process in like your 20s? Yeah, um, yeah, so <sighs> looking back, I feel like I've always been very curious about what is beyond us, what is above us, what is around us. I remember being like 12, 13 years old, and I would sneak out of my bedroom window and climb up to the top of my roof to watch the stars at night. Like, I was... <laughs> you know, like doing these things because there was a part of me that just felt connected to something beyond me, but I didn't really like understand what that was yet. Um, but 
I don't know, this whole series of events started to happen that really allowed me to start questioning things. And I don't know, I remember, <laughs> it's so funny, on, uh, on my prom night <laughs> of all nights, I met this guy and we spent the second prom night just having like the deepest conversations and he asked me questions that no one has ever asked me before. And that really sparked me to start looking deeper and to start looking inward and all these things. But I would say that my true awakening happened. Like all these events were kind of leading up to this. My true awakening happened. I'm not going to lie in a plant medicine ceremony. I was studying abroad in Cape town, South Africa and my sister who I connected with there was yeah it was really led to this experience and asked if I wanted to join I was like okay let's do it I was really open to experiencing whatever I was meant to experience and so yeah I went uh, on this journey and at the time I didn't realize how much it impacted me but when I look back like that was the moment that everything changed like it truly was the beginning to all of this so yeah I'm really grateful for that ceremony <laughs> Yeah, that's so interesting because I feel like in my own life, and I'm sure in other people's lives, they can like trace back certain spiritual things to to like childhood. Like as a kid, I was always super interested, you know, by the ocean. I lived by the ocean and nature and I loved like Harry Potter. Like I was obsessed with the idea of magic. Um, and it's so it's so cool in like our adult life that we can connect to all those things that were part of our lives as kids um but I'm curious more on your story like what type of plant medicine was it and like how was that experience actually for you like do you think of it as like a blissful experience or was it extremely uncomfortable like the spiritual awakening process <laughs> oh my gosh I laugh because I had by far the darkest experience of anyone there. I feel like most people were having like the most blissful experiences you could ever imagine. And I, on the other hand, was like going through dark night of the soul kind of vibes. Um, but anyways, yeah, so it was a psilocybin ceremony, but it was high dosage. So the best way that I can describe it is similar to ayahuasca. I've never done ayahuasca, but I mean, a high, it was a dosage to where like you you completely left your body and your being like you were in another space. And for me personally, it's funny. I share this story so little because it feels so personal. And it's one of those things that is almost impossible to describe in words. I remember afterwards, like, how am I going to ever describe what happens in words? But the long story short of it is I experienced death. <laughs> I feel like that's the best way to describe it. I remember when the ceremony really kicked in, I saw this tunnel and I felt like I was going through this tunnel. And as I was progressing through this tunnel, everything that I had attached to my identity or my ego was being pulled away from me. So like the names of my ex-boyfriends, the name of my parents, the location I was in, it felt like literally everything was being detached from my being and then everything went black and it truly felt like I passed away and it was this process afterwards. I think things went black for quite a while, maybe even a few hours. But after that, it was this process of like coming back to life. And it was the most painful, like I can't describe how painful that process was of like coming back. But yeah, it was extremely, extremely powerful. And in the moment, I didn't realize how much of an impact that it would make, but that it would make. But yeah, I guess if you could say that it was like an extreme ego death. And I know that many people experience something similar, especially as they begin to awaken. So yeah, I'm grateful for experiencing that. <laughs> Even yeah. though it's hard and dark and all the things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew that you were, I knew that you were going to say ego death. I was like, I know that's exactly what she's going to say. And I, I have not done plant medicine, but I had like, um, I had like a similar experience, but I feel like with plant medicine, it makes a ton of healing that would maybe take months kind of happen in like one day. <laughs> so with me, my like ego death was like probably like a two month process. Um, so like, it's super interesting to hear about it in like plant medicine terms that it's just like one day of like everything that you were dies and you're kind of reborn and it's like hard and scary but I I know for me 
I think being reborn after that, I had like so much more appreciation for like life and beauty after that experience. I don't know if it was like that for you as well. Totally. Yeah, it was, it was completely transformational. I mean, it, it was a slow integration. I remember the shaman said that you need to understand that it could take a year for you to integrate this experience. So I really felt like the next year was the integration process of that. So it wasn't like right away, like, wow, seeing life with new eyes. It was really like an unfolding over a longer period of time. Um, but yeah, I mean, in some ways we're always going through ego deaths, right? Like if we're really committed to this work and are committed to shedding the things that no longer serve us. I mean, I feel like I've gone through so many ego deaths. That was by far the most intense. Cause like you said, it was overnight one day, but in some ways we're experiencing that extremely often, especially if we're doing this work. So yeah, so many, so many lessons from that process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember, I feel like since my original ego death. I'm like, I don't even know what to call this. Um, <laughs> OG ego death. <laughs> OG ego death. Um, I feel like that one was the most intense, I guess, for me personally, because it was the ones since then have been like an identity that I still find that I'm holding on to. But at that time, it was 22 years of like overlay of identities and me having to work with all of those in like one time period and I was like oh my gosh like this is so much to process at once totally totally yeah they they leave really big impacts and there's so much to sort of like unravel from those experiences yeah yeah I'm curious like were you still abroad when you were kind of integrating or did you kind of go back to maybe your senior junior year of college like what what is this? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I was uh, I was in Cape Town for maybe like two months after that. So it was incredible to be there while things were really unfolding. So when I left, it was extremely difficult because I felt like still to this day, that chapter was one of the most incredible chapters of my life. So to be adjusting back to such a different part of the world, such a different culture. Like it was a lot, plus I had fallen in love. So I was leaving my boyfriend. I had had that experience. So I was still integrating that experience. Like it was, it was a lot um, to do that. And then eventually I went back to, I think it was my junior year of college. So yeah, things started to like go back to quote unquote normal very quick. And yet I felt like I had one foot in this sort of normal world and another foot in a very different world, just trying to, to process it all at the same time. So yeah, it was blissful to be in Cape Town those two months. And then after that, it was, it was pretty challenging. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so, I'm like seeing so many like different parallels in my story. I think kind of like what you said that there were conversations that led up to this experience before it happened. But I also, I studied abroad in Australia and it was like once I came back I was like it it made me see everything with such a clear eye of like I don't want this like these aren't really my people this isn't what I want to be doing this isn't where I want to be living and I'm kind of you know stuck at college for another year totally yeah totally I um I don't know I I have so much compassion for people who are like in high school and college and in all these different spaces because those years are just like, it's so much at once. And I haven't really gotten the opportunity to do this yet, but I've thought about, you know, how can I support people who are going through this stage of their lives? Because there's so much going on. And at least for me personally, I didn't have the tools or techniques to be able to like navigate that period. And so I don't know. I, um, my heart really goes out to the people in that stage, not to say that it's all bad whatsoever, but I just think about how much I was processing. Like, what do I want to be doing? What's my purpose? What's my mission? Who are my people? Where do I want to be? Like, there's so many fundamental questions that you're asking yourself during that period. So yeah, it can be a lot. It can be beautiful as well. Don't get me wrong, but it can be a lot. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. I really like want to help I guess women, but really anyone. But I think 
the last couple years of college and the transition to adulthood, it like even amplifies those questions even more because you're on your own and having to make money for yourself more than you probably had before. And it's like this really interesting chapter um, that I know a ton of people struggled with. And I think our society doesn't give us good tools to to go through that and make it a, a life that's aligned with like our soul and our purpose. It just like wants us to go into the machine that our society has created and not ask questions. Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's like, I always say it's different and it's unique to each and every person. Some people's mission on this planet is to be lawyers and doctors and these things that like, these paths that, yeah, you have to go through that system and you have to go through that structure. So I don't by any means like condemn it. It is meant for certain people, but then there are so many other people that it's not meant for. And yet we can get really caught up in these, yeah, in these systems. I know that I did and it took me a while to, not a while, but it took me a lot of just like reflection and contemplation to realize, okay, nope, this is not me. Yeah, what what system were you caught up in? Um, so I was really headed down like the corporate America business path. I um, I went into college studying business because I thought that it would be the smartest choice since I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was like, okay, business can apply to anything. Let's go ahead and do business. Um, but yeah, I got really wrapped up in it I went to like one of the best business schools in the country plus I was in the honors program so it was extremely intense and through that program the only two career paths that were fed to you were consulting or investment banking so for many years I literally thought that those were the only two options for me I was like I have to choose between one or the other and I think I got really wrapped up in um yeah and thinking that that was the only option available to me so it took me time um especially after college especially during my last year of college to really come to terms with the fact that that wasn't me (laughs) yeah that's so interesting I I like stayed away from the business side of school like I think where I went to college it was like it was like the science kids like versus the business kids and they like kind of like didn't like each other (laughs) Because everyone, like, the business school was super prestigious, I guess, and then, like, all the pre-meds were, like, but your classes aren't as hard as ours, and, like, it was some stupid thing at my school, but um, I know so many people that, like, went into investment banking, and I'm, like, that's so interesting that that's, like, what was the thing that was said that you could do. I know, I know, I, um, yeah, it was the most eye-opening thing to graduate and to move overseas and be like, wow, there are a million and one options available to me. <laughs> yeah, was was that process of letting go of that and kind of moving overseas, was that like challenging? Did you feel like a lot of pressure to kind of like continue on with business things? Um. No. So I had this experience six months before I graduated. It sounds like the craziest thing in the world, but I watched this YouTube video of all videos that awakened me to the fact that you could live a completely different life. It was basically like a travel influencer video. And I was like, there is no way that this guy is traveling all over the world and making money shooting like the most incredible content I've ever seen. And I have always had a camera on me, like ever since I was young, I've always had a little digital camera on me. And my love for the camera, my love for photography was so innate that I didn't even question the fact that I felt different from everyone else or different from most people. And so this experience, just like it turned on a light switch within me. It was all I needed to be like, oh my God, I love creativity and artistry, especially photography. So I bought a professional camera shortly afterwards. And during my last semester of school was just like photographing people and places and whatever I could get my hands on. And I don't know, it was this whole series of serendipitous events that made me realize, okay, I'm going to gather all my savings move overseas and pursue photography like the complete opposite of 
what I've been doing and I don't know, I feel like I needed it. I felt like I'd been in the system, so to speak, not to condemn it, but for me it wasn't didn't feel right, but I'd been in it for so many years. I was like, I need to do the exact opposite. So in some ways it was listening to a soul's calling and another way it was like almost this act of rebellion of just going on the complete other side of the spectrum. And it was exactly what I needed to start everything that I'm doing now. (laughs) Yeah, that's so interesting. And it's so interesting, like talking to you now. And I feel like you just have like the most like calming presence and everything. And it's it's so funny to imagine you like on Wall Street, like being in a specific. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was, I mean, I had learned to suppress so much that I was able to make it work. Like I had an internship at a corporate bank, like a huge bank, and I, I was able to do it, right? But I was turning off so many sides of myself in that process. And I realized that I don't have to do this anymore. You know, I can be all of myself and find whatever feels in resonance with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a big journey. And I think with me, like a kind of different space, but I've, I've kind of found in like medicine and research that I didn't feel like I could be all of myself. Um, And you, you realize when you're suppressing those parts of yourself and it's like, you get off work and you're like, who was I the past eight hours and it's not a good feeling yeah totally totally it's um I don't know it's unique to each and every person right and I think it's just at the end of the day following where we're being guided some people are meant to do it for many years some people are not meant to do it at all like it's it's really so unique to each and every person and so when I talk about my journey I really try to make sure that I'm mindful of not making it seem like this is the right way it's like this is my way you know and I completely honor whatever it is that's your way even if that means that corporate America is your thing like if that's your thing then fucking amazing Yeah, it's like, I just want everyone to be, like, honest with themselves and doing the thing that lights them up. And if that's what lights them up, that's amazing. That's, like, not what would light me up. But if that lights you up, I'm so happy for you. And, like, at the end of the day, I just want everyone to be living a life that's, like, in alignment with, like, their self. Totally. Freedom. Finding your freedom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I wanted to talk about, too, kind of transitions and this this period now that you're in in Tulum and kind of all the fears that come up with transitions because I know especially the past year so many people have been in those and just in general life is full of transitions and they're all challenging (laughs) yeah um yeah there is so much that I could say about transitions um Mm, just seeing what wants to come through um yeah I think the biggest thing that I've learned about transitions is that so much comes up in that process like truly so much comes up fears worries doubts insecurities anxieties all the things but I feel like over the years of having experienced so many massive transitions I've learned to tune into that like higher voice or that higher perspective within me so god's great universe source higher self whatever it is that you want to call it and so i feel like i really practice discerning between those two voices and at the end of the day always following that higher voice like always and i feel like that is what has allowed me to do some of the things that i've done is that i have not chosen the voice to fear i've chosen that divine voice and I think that that is by far the most helpful thing and in that process like doesn't mean that it's not going to be easy or it's not going to be hard um, because so much comes up even in moving to Tulum to Tulum like wow I can't describe things that came up those six weeks before I left so it's really helpful you know to have the support you need not only from yourself but from others I've touched on this earlier but just like having these different tools and techniques that can support you in that space because 
Um, yeah, I think the most confusing thing is sometimes the, the decision that is like in alignment with sort of the highest timeline available to us. Sometimes it brings up so much and people can think like, oh, this is maybe like a sign that I'm not meant to do this. But it's like really realizing that that voice is still within you saying like, do it, do it, do it, do it. So I think that that's been the most important thing for me is, is really listening to that voice above all else. <laughs> Definitely. And I guess like a couple years ago, I made a commitment to to like always follow that voice and like always follow growth, like no matter how uncomfortable it is. And that was after realizing like multiple situations where I hadn't followed the voice and where that had led me. And I was like, oh, the times I haven't followed this voice, it's led me to causing myself more pain actually. Um, But in that commitment, upholding that commitment to follow my highest self is not, it's not easy. There's so much fear a lot of the times. (laughs) It is. And a lot of times these transitions are like quantum leaps. Like they're not small leaps. They're huge leaps. So they're going to require so much to like change and shift within us. And so just being, yeah, able to like really hold that and at the same time still follow through with what you're being called to do. Yeah, yeah, I think I've realized with this transition I'm going through, it's like that I had to go to the depths of all of these fears and like, you know, again, ego deaths of old ideas and thoughts I had about myself and at- old attachments I had because I wouldn't be ready for the next level that is like so much higher, uh, so much of a higher level than what I'm existing in right now. Mm, totally. Yeah, something that's coming through is that when you've taken these leaps of faith or made these transitions in the past, you have like concrete evidence that what's on the other side is fucking amazing. So at this point, I've had enough of those experiences, not like a ton, but you know, like a few really powerful ones that I've learned to trust it above all else. And it's really helpful to have those examples. Like if you don't have one of those examples yet, create it and then you will (laughs) but if you do just remember that you know because that's the truth that's what you've experienced in the past and so um yeah that's really helped me is remembering the times that I've done it in the past and be like okay I can do this again (laughs) yeah yeah and I just want to like honor people that are I guess in that phase where it's their first big leap that they're having to make because that one is the hardest and the scariest and I can remember one of the first like big leaps I had to make and none of it made sense what I had to do. And there was so much fear and it changed the whole trajectory of my life. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. simply, you know? Totally. Yeah. And I mean, if you're listening to this, like either one of us are here to support you, even just in answering questions because yeah, you don't have experience to draw from. So you're just like truly (laughs) at a blank slate, so to speak, but yeah, it's it's also helpful to see the things that other people have done and to be able to calibrate to that, to not only your own experience, but calibrating to other people's experience, remembering that if it was possible for them, it's possible for you as well. So that's really helpful too. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I like follow, and I'm sure you do like Lacey Phillips and her like manifestation language. Like I don't do a ton of it, but the like expander piece really makes sense for me. And anyone that doesn't know her work, like an expander is someone that is at a level kind of past you that you're able to see them do it to know that you can. And I think having those in our lives are so important to allow us to get to the next level too. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like I just call them people that I looked up, look up to, but I'm realizing after having followed even just on social media, like a handful of people or a few handfuls of people that I really look up to, I don't realize how much they've changed me until I really think about it. Like, oh my God, this person left such an impact on my life. Sometimes it just happens slowly but surely over time. But then you realize like, wow, that person really showed me what's possible. And that's like one of the most beautiful things ever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it's so crazy because I know... There are a ton of problems with Instagram too, but there are also like so many magical things because I feel like the people I've followed, the people I've looked up to, like 
the codes they've given me, you know, just people I used to work with or like someone I've lived with. I'll be like, we live in two completely different realities, like so different on what we think is possible. And it's, it's crazy how much that can shift. Yeah, I know. And (laughs) I feel called to share something that happened this morning. Um, So I don't teach about like money or all that. That doesn't feel like it's my lane, but totally respect people that do. I think it's really important work. But anyways, I uh, was doing some scarcity clearing this morning. And then afterwards, I was supposed to meet up with this woman. I had no idea how like perfect the timing was. And basically, throughout our conversation, we were talking, talking, talking at the end. I don't know why, but money came up. And she was like, oh yeah, I have zero blocks around money. And I could really feel that that was true for her. And she was like, oh, I'm manifesting $30 million. And I was like, what? And she was like, oh yeah, I have this exercise where you choose your favorite number, you add a zero, and then you add a million. So your favorite number is seven, then you're manifesting $70 million. And I was like, okay, that's crazy. And even just to like do something like that as an exercise to show you what is possible and to sort of like calibrate you to what is possible. I don't know. It was just like so mind blowing how certain she was about it and how grounded she was in that. And it's like, yeah, those like expander moments where you're like, whoa, I I am calibrating to something that I did not think was possible, but you're showing me is possible. So I don't know. It, it was so in line with what you just said, and it really blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, yes, queen. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely, I'm not, I feel like I'm not exactly called to teach on money, you know, yet. Who knows what would happen? But like, like Ashe has been such an expander for me around money. And I like my thought process on money has changed so much in the past year because I, I really used to come from this, you know, kind of spiritual healing martyr perspective of like, I just need to save everyone. And it doesn't matter if I have enough money to live an abundant life, you know? Totally. I know we're worthy of, of all of it and it's like the more that we can see that the more that we attract that but I've realized so much of forget money just abundance you know like living an abundant life in all the ways is connected so deeply to like worthiness and deservingness and so the more we can amplify that yeah it's amazing and the woman that I'm speaking about she had that so much and I was just like wow this is this is really powerful so yeah, we're, we're all worthy of abundance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting bringing up money and not thinking that would maybe be something we would talk about because I think it's <laughs> like recalibrating that. It's, it's so interesting to just be like, you know, having more money. Well, we, we ha- all have this mindset, you know, kind of, of like corporate America and big pharma and all these things that are kind of greedy with money. And mm. I think it's like recalibrating to like, me having more money for myself is making me more healthy and abundant and potentially able to give to charity and help other people. Like getting money in the hands of good people that want to help this planet and this world, who would not want that for everyone? I know. I know. I completely agree. And I realize in my own money healing journey, I mean, it's so interesting talking about this because I didn't expect to bring this up either. Um, But I realized that like, 99% of my beliefs around it weren't mine. They were societies, my families, my ancestors. There's so much there. And I feel like we all have the power to create our own money story. Because at the end of the day, money is an energy. So it's like, how do we want this energy to work with us, to work for us, all these things. And so creating our own story around that, whatever that looks like, is is really powerful work. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like I always feel like this is like the inner Gemini in me that I always have to like switch it back to both sides of every of every um, thing we bring up. But I'm like, I always have to use the caveat of like, some people in our society have way more barriers physically around money. And whenever I bring up manifesting money, I always want to like mention and be aware of that because I think some of that lingo can come off Uh, frankly I guess kind of annoying to those people and I think it's like really important to be like no like this this work can actually help you as well because you have money stories too and like 
we just want everyone to be abundant and these systems and structures that oppress people around money suck and we want to tear all of them down <laughs> yeah it's so funny i'm the same way i'm not a gemini but i i definitely there's so many sides to what we say so when we speak we're speaking from one but that doesn't mean that we're not acknowledging all the others and i think like the way that i like to think about it is you can really break money down into like the practical and the energetic so right now we're talking about the energetic and not focusing on the practical but there's so much to the practical especially just like physically in our society so yeah definitely like yeah there's that as well and so this is just the, the energetics which we all have the ability to do which is the most powerful thing is that we can do that that is something that we can control as our own energetics around it so yeah definitely and i love like the idea of like combining the energetic and the practical, like being able to change the systems and structures and then also giving people kind of the energetic tools as well. But I know you have like a lot of amazing things you offer and a lot of tools. So I'd love to kind of talk more about like the main things you're offering and how, I don't know how that began and how you kind of use those tools. Yeah, I could speak on this for a long time. Um, but yeah, the two main things that I offer are embodiment photography and somatic healing. So those are like two very separate conversations. Uh, I'm not sure where to start. Um, we start with tapping, maybe? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so somatic healing, for anyone that's not familiar, somatics are just like a combination of all these different healing techniques that really allow us to activate the body. So it is believed that so much of what we experience is stored within our bodies. And so these are techniques that really allow us to activate our bodies so that we can sort of heal from the inside out. And so even practices like yoga can almost be considered a somatic practice. And so I do a combination of many different somatic practices such as tapping, voice activation, breath work movement, like I said, really activating our body to heal from the inside out. And so the technique that I use by far more than anything else is tapping. And tapping came into my life over five years ago. I had a friend who finished her teacher's training. She was telling me all about it, how like profound and transformational it was. And then when she explained what it was, I was like, what? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> so I was like, okay, whatever. I was like, I'm going to give it a try. So I went home, started tapping. I followed her instructions. And within like two, three minutes, I was bawling on my bathroom floor, like, like heaving, crying. And at the time I wasn't a crier. Like I didn't cry that often. So it really left an impact on me. And long story short, with time, it became my main modality so it's truly changed every single area of my life a lot of people hear about tapping when it comes to more surface level things like manifesting this attracting that but I use tapping in an extremely deep way as well you know using it to heal traumas past life traumas relationship issues family problems like like all the things and so I don't know it's a it's a really powerful practice and at the same time it's super simple and easy <laughs> yeah yeah that's super exciting and I maybe I just knew about like the more surface level like manifesting things with tapping I like I don't think I realized as much that it was kind of part of this like somatic practice and I think mm -hmm. that's so interesting and like trauma is so in the body so I'm, I'm just like curious I'm super curious about this so we'll have to talk <laughs> more about it offline but I'm curious, are there like types of trauma and like where you like tap and things like that? Yeah, so basically you're tapping on 15 or 16 points over and over and over again. So this is a practice that really brings together ancient Chinese medicine with modern psychology. So the points that you're tapping on are actually meridians, like the same meridians that are used in ancient Chinese medicine practices like acupuncture. So you're tapping those same points over and over again, but those points are all linked to different organs in the body and different emotions. So when you tap, you'll find that maybe one point is really sensitive compared to others. Like you start crying whenever you tap on this point. So the fascinating thing is being able to look into that point like what is that point connected to so I have a little spreadsheet that I sent to the people that I work with so that they can 
use that whenever they need it. Um, but yeah, so you're basically tapping on your body and then speaking out loud about whatever it is that you're experiencing. And the voice piece, like the ability to talk out loud about what you're going through is extremely powerful. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so much to say. <laughs> yeah, this is so interesting. I mean, I feel like I don't know when this will unfold, but I have this like dream scenario of myself being like a therapist or psychiatrist or something and having, did not think I was going to bring this up today either, but having this like kind of like healing center and incorporating, you know, Western and like Eastern medicine and involving practices, you know, like Reiki and like now after this, I'm like, there's definitely going to be tapping there. Um <laughs> And like all of these different practices. And it's so cool when we like expand our mind that there's so many different ways to heal than just like the typical system that we've kind of been sold as far as like, you know, mental or physical health. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm all about people finding the toolkit of modalities that work for them. I teach tapping I teach somatic healing because it's worked for me and I want to be a testimonial above all else of the work that I teach but for me it's people finding what works for them it may be tapping it may not be tapping but I think it's the most powerful thing when we can find modern day stuff ancient stuff that that works for us because it's really empowering to know that when you know shit hits the fan so to speak and let's say something happens or shadow work comes up like okay I, I I have what I need to be able to navigate through this and then of course ask for support when you need it as well but but yeah 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 have you read the book like the body keeps the score Oh, uh, my friend bought it for me and I read a little bit of it, but I, I, I got distracted. So yes, I do have it. I need to read it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just makes me think of that. And like, I should have read it and finished it since it's a neuroscience book. And I also have not finished it. I've read like <laughs> 10 pages here and there for me. I have a hard time reading it fast because I'm like taking notes as I'm reading it. And that like, writing all over the book <laughs> so totally but that is like the core principle of somatic healing is that the body keeps score so how can we activate the body to release those things that don't serve us yeah and do you do the tapping sessions you do them remotely like guiding people through tapping right yeah, so what I'm doing is expanding a lot, especially since I'm in Tulum. So I can do virtual sessions with anyone, um, but I am doing in-person work, in-person workshops, in-person group sessions. Um, so that's been really exciting is being able to do more of that in-person work. But yes, I absolutely do sessions as well online. Um, they're, yeah, in many ways equally as powerful because, yeah, we can do it remotely just as much as in person. Definitely. Yeah. That's like the beauty of all these. Like, I think there's something super magical about being in person and being able to offer the healing in person. Like, I think that's what I prefer, but it's, there's something so magical about like the internet and being able to like help people all over the world and help them like access these practices too. Yes, absolutely. I'm so grateful for it. And I will say the bonus of doing it virtually is that people are in their safe space, you know, so as soon as we finish the session, they don't have to drive home or like, do all of that, they can just like be in their safe space. So I will say that's like the one big bonus, because for example, I've received healing work here, and I have to like scooter home and like crazy traffic and crazy roads and all the things and I'm like okay this this definitely disrupts the energy a little bit so it's helpful to do it remotely when you can be in your own safe space <laughs> yeah that makes sense yeah <laughs> yeah I can see you just like walking out so zen and then like getting on the scooter and like weaving through traffic <laughs> or like the subway in New York like yeah there's uh <laughs> there's a lot so anyways it's nice to do it that so yeah Very yeah I mean I haven't been I haven't been on the subway obviously at like rush hour yet but for some reason there's something like weirdly zen about the subway not during rush hour to me but that mm -hmm. might just be a me thing <laughs> hey hey I mean your New York is calling you so much so I feel like it's so normal to like not romanticize but enjoy those things you know like it eventually becomes a little more 
I don't know, at the same time, you make your experiences wherever you are, you know, so you can complain about it all day long, or you can, like, listen to a beautiful song or a beautiful podcast and actually enjoy the experience, you know, so it's really a matter of your perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is interesting with the New York experience that I am kind of, I feel like people that have lived there for a while, they'll be like, you move there, and then you'll see, but I'm like, no, this is, that's you and your life, this is me and my life, and I'm gonna feel all the joy I feel for it and if I feel like that at one point then maybe I won't live in New York anymore you know totally (laughs) totally at the end of the day it's listening to that calling and I feel like you're so strongly called there so that's like the most important thing you know what I mean definitely well this was a interesting tangent from tapping (laughs) I know (laughs) (laughs) but I'd love to hear, you know, a little bit about your photo shoots you do. And then I think, I think you were offering this, I'm not sure, like some sort of like channeled coaching or like what that looks like for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with photography, I mean, that's been a journey, but as I talked about earlier, um, I was working as a photographer and photographer's assistant and soon enough it turned into me working like in high end fashion and beauty and it was incredible like to just be in that creative artistic environment. But I still had that feeling of like one foot in the spiritual world, so to speak, whatever you want to call it, and then another foot like in this fashion and beauty world, which is not all bad, but in some ways it's very different. And I'm not going to lie, I I didn't know how I was going to bridge the two worlds until I was sitting at this coffee shop. I was by myself. I was reading a book. And all of a sudden, everything blurred, like literally everything inside blurred. I've never experienced anything like it before, but I saw myself 10 years down the road. It felt like 10 years down the road, and I was basically doing the photography work that I'm doing today. And it was, it was mind-blowing. I've never, yeah, like I said, experienced anything like it. And it took me like a solid two years to really like process what came through, um, But yeah, I'm now in a place where I'm doing the work, which is the craziest feeling. But what I'm referring to basically is, um, yeah, my embodiment photo shoots. So I really work to bridge photography with healing and empowerment and embodiment because what I realize is that not only can we capture beautiful photos with with the camera, but we can use it almost like a healing modality. It really is a mirror that allows us to be seen in all that we are. And, And I realize that one of the most powerful things to do is is to use the camera as a way to like really empower people to embody and express all sides of themselves that want to come out and so it's been incredible to to use the camera in this way plus it's so funny i was uh, asked to model for something a few days ago i've never really been asked that before because i'm always asked to do things behind the camera but i said yes And it was extremely powerful to experience the medicine of the camera because I had some people afterwards who were like complimenting me about the photo. And I was like, the funny thing is like, yeah, it's a beautiful photo. But while I was taking the photo, I felt like maybe 50% comfortable in my body because it was reflecting so much of like more of that shadow. So it really excited me about this, this embodiment photography work because it's like I said, not only about the beautiful photos, but getting people to a space where they are fully comfortable to express and body themselves and, and all the things. So yeah, I'm, I'm so excited about this. Yeah, I feel like embodiment photography is like, it's, it's like, it's like therapy and healing, obviously, like you said, but it's, yeah. I think it, it brings, especially, especially as women, but men struggle with this too, but it brings so much up around like our bodies and being comfortable in our bodies and like healing around that, which um, is a long journey in our society that has told us that this one type of body men and women is beautiful so I can see how much healing that is and then how much healing it is to allow yourself to step into your fullness like behind the like when you're getting those photos taken yeah exactly exactly it's like yeah it's working through all those things that that come up and I realize that like once you work through not surface level things because body image and all that it runs very 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 deep But even beyond that, it's like really accessing that liberation within. Like, can you feel liberated to fully embody all that you are? 
you know, and, and it's, it's really powerful to, to use the camera as a sort of like means to, to really access in that liberation. Within. Yeah, guys, if you're looking for a way to find your freedom, to have a question to answer on my podcast, go take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Come to Tulum and we'll take photos. <laughs> I hope like one day I'm like manifesting this that someone will come on and be like oh the way I'm finding my freedom is I took these amazing photos with like Tati. <laughs> done we're manifesting it done <laughs> oh my gosh that's the goal it's so much like the way that we see photography and the camera use it's it's so much deeper than that and it's truly an honor to be yeah to be sharing this work with the world so hundred percent. And I, I can imagine like high up in fashion and those photography, like those methods, there's just, I feel like there can be so many rules about how the person is supposed to look, how the photo is supposed to look. Yeah. And it's so nice when it's just like, no, it's just supposed to look like who you are. Like this is supposed to reflect who you are, not what we're trying to make you be in this photo. Exactly. Because you can Feel someone's energy in a photo and so if you feel them like uptight and like trying to like do this pose and do this thing like it's a completely different energy than when someone's just like raw and real to who they are I mean you can feel it it's tangible like in the photos that I took um a few years ago that are more fashion and beauty style even though my style is really similar the energy of the photos that I have now versus then are like completely different. I almost don't share the photos I used to take anymore because yeah, like I said, the style is similar, but the energy is like, yeah, night and day different. And so it's, uh, it's really powerful that it's, it's so much more than just what you see on the surface. Yeah. It's funny when you bring that up, like I always, in reference to photo shoots, I always think of that episode of Gossip Girl where like Serena, do you know the episode where Serena's like doing it so well? Cause she's being her like big, bold self and Blair's trying to like, I don't know. Do you know what episode I'm talking about? I don't. I used to watch Gossip Girl, but I can't remember that. That's so funny. <laughs> I, I'm going to send like a clip of it to you. Cause it's so funny because like Serena's like acting like crazy and random and like wild and they like love that and Blair's like trying to like contort herself and like look this certain way and it's I don't know wisdom from Gossip Girl (laughs) oh my gosh I'm gonna start referencing Gossip Girl when I talk about my photo shoots (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I I just wanted to bring up the the vision blurring thing in the coffee shop because I weirdly I had like a similar experience happen um when I was, like, on the train back from New York, when I had, like, first gone there in November of last year, where I, like, was, like, completely out of it for, like, half the train ride, and I, like, saw my future self in New York being, like, an entrepreneur, and it was, like, so interesting. I was, like, this is so crazy. Like, I just knew the first time I went there that I was, like, that's me in a couple years or however long. Oh, my God. It's it's such a blessing to have those experiences because I feel like oftentimes the messages we receive are so much more subtle. They're almost like whispers, you know, like you have to be really attuned to those whispers to like, you know, follow them. But then there's those experiences that hopefully we all get to experience where it's like loud and clear, you know, like this, this is it. And wow, I'm so glad that you experienced that as well. And I noticed, at least with my experience, it literally took me two years to, like, really process that and to allow, like, my physical reality to adjust. Because at the time, I still was in, like, deep fashion and beauty work. So it took time for my reality to adjust. But once it does, it's like, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was so interesting how much my reality just started to adjust after that. You know, like, a month and a half after that, like, vision I had, I was fired from my job in research. And I was like... Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. Interesting. <laughs> there you go. But not like, okay, let's acknowledge that that's not easy. But yeah, wow. <laughs> a shift, a big change. Yes, I definitely will do an episode more on that later because it was not easy. But after having the vision, I was able to even write in the moment that experience happened to be like, okay, this was meant to happen. Wow. Because I'd seen a different life for myself. So 
so powerful. Yeah, so powerful. And I know that so many people experience things like that in ceremony and rituals, but it's crazy when it happens and you're just like in normal life and it's just like, boom, it's almost even more powerful. Just like it being able to come through even when you're just like, yeah, sitting at a coffee shop or sitting in a train. It's like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to say, I guess I haven't done plant medicine, but I feel like something that has helped me have more of those experiences have been like deep meditation work and like specifically like visualization meditations and like yoga nidra like once I started doing that I was having more like visual instead of just like those whispers of intuition I started having more visual moments I don't know it was really interesting yeah totally and I feel like one of the I've learned so many things from being in Tulum over the last several weeks but another one of those things is yeah like everything starts within and I've had these experiences um, just like going to different events and things like that that have activated me in a way that I'm sure is similar to how you are in like an ayahuasca ceremony but it's so powerful when you understand that you don't need any of that stuff maybe it calls you absolutely like listen but you can activate that same level of understanding and clarity and whatever it is through yourself like you you don't need anything else outside of you to find those moments of clarity so whenever I share my story yeah, I'm sensitive to like you don't need to do plant medicine to like have that moment for you you can do that completely on your own percent. <laughs> and I don't know if you follow Natalie Miles but I had her on the podcast she's like a, an amazing intuitive but I had her on the podcast and we were kind of talking like she hasn't done plant medicine before and we were saying in that episode how like both of us had had such crazy experiences 100% sober that we were almost like I don't even know if that's like something that calls me because yeah I've had like crazy like vision experiences that I felt like I was on like mushrooms or something (laughs) completely sober um so yeah you definitely if it calls you great experience it but you don't ever need it to connect to yourself yeah absolutely and I find that the more we purify what we put inside of us like the more we amplify the ability to to do all those things you know so being yeah being mindful of what we put inside of our body down to like the water and the food and, and all the things separate conversation but yeah we can access all of it completely on our own and that's such a beautiful thing yeah, yeah. And I think like the more the more work you do, like the more gifts you kind of unlock with yourself. I can't remember exactly the terms, but it's like, you know, like Claire audience and like all the different like yeah. psychic abilities. I think they kind of unlock more like the more work you do. But I know we've been talking for a little bit. So if you want to tell me more about like your kind of channeled coaching and everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say like that's kind of like the triangle is, you know, empowerment, embodiment, photography, can't speak somatic healing and then channel coaching. And yeah, channel coaching is, um, is a way in which I combine coaching with channeling over the last like three to four years. I've learned how to channel and it's been one of those things that has given me that clarity to make the decisions that I've made. I mean, it's like, yeah, I I channel almost every single day just asking for guidance around certain things. And so after doing that for a few years, I was like, okay, it's, it's time to share this with others. This is not meant to be for myself. Of course, I believe a lot of this work starts within. So making sure we can do it in our own lives. But I hit that point where I was like, okay, it's time to share this with others. So yeah, it's not niched, you know, specific to like relationships or business or whatever. It's truly like helping you in your ascensions process, giving you whatever clarity or support you need. So I do a mix of like sharing my own experiences and perspectives and things like that, but also really tuning into, you know, your higher guidance team, whoever wants to come through guides, ancestors, whatever, and sort of channeling whatever messages are coming through me and I like to say like my voice doesn't change and I don't do all these crazy things. It really works through my intuition. So I just sort of am like the middleman, you know, I receive it, process it and then, you know, communicate it to you. So yeah. A hundred percent. And I, I think this conversation too, I think I'm in a stage of, of trying a lot of different things in turn, 
with my business and like what exactly will be my core offerings because I have a lot of like interests and things, I guess, in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's so interesting. And like this conversation has definitely sparked me that it's, it's like always evolving and like your spiritual kind of gifts are always evolving. And it's like, I don't know, it's just so exciting to see like what will come through with all of that. I know it's always moving always. And sometimes I'm like, okay, I found it. I finally found it. And then it's like, nope, (laughs) something happens, you know, even here, just like certain things happening that are going to change the nature of my offerings within a matter of months. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful to just like ride the wave of how things are transforming over time. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm thinking kind of like in a funny way that it would be nice in a way to do channeled coaching because I feel like I receive so much guidance for friends or family members in my life where it's not always appropriate to share that in a funny way, it would be nice to be able to share that with other people um, in a way that they wouldn't be offended. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Oh my goodness. Well, this this has been so fun and like the perfect time to have this conversation like we knew it would be so thank you so much for coming on this has just been amazing oh of course I know I feel like we've just been having a private conversation that happens to be recorded that other people can listen to so yeah it's been it's been beautiful and also to see like all the different things that have come up it's um Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me and bringing me on here. It's been beautiful. I know. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like I could say thank you like a million times. I'm (laughs) going to reframe. (laughs) Oh.